You're listening to Meanwhile, Episode 2. Today we'll be talking about envy and how to deal with this seemingly negative emotion in more productive ways, especially as it relates to our careers and the roads not taken. All right. So, Michael Melcher, we meet again. We're here, and I have a very special topic for today. Which is? Which is envy. Envy. Um, career envy, or really envy of all sorts. And it's a topic that I'm very connected to, and I mean that in a sick relationship kind of way. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I, in, in my moments of it, which fortunately aren't as frequent as they once were, uh, I would... I would describe it as, as less than ideal, sometimes sick, for sure. Yeah, and I don't want to project out, but I would say that many people that I know, um, friends, colleagues, clients, have also dealt with envy or run into it because it pops up everywhere. Totally. Uh, sometimes because of our own hang-ups, but sometimes because of just the way our whole society seems to function of constantly dangling things that we don't have in front of us and wanting us to do something about it. So we're going to get into it. We're going to dig into it and explore it and feel some pain and see what we have to <laughs> offer as uh, useful steps forward for all of us. Yeah. I, this, this comes up all the time uh, in my world, just in conversations with friends over dinner or drinks or things like, um, I'm not sure if I'm in the right job or if I should be leaving the, the gig that I'm currently in or, uh, you know, referencing another person who's had a lot of success recently. And, you know, oftentimes if it's, if we're having a healthy chat, there's some congratulations and some inspiration in it, but there's also oftentimes either undertones or more explicit sort of this green, uh, yucky, envious thread uh, that, that comes up. Yeah. The yucky part is how come that person has this and not me? And on one level, it's sort of a scarcity thing. Like on some, maybe I don't believe there's enough success to go around in the world. So if somebody else has it, then I can't get it. Yeah. But another level it's, Hmm, what are they doing right that I'm doing wrong? Why can't I get myself into the same position and kind of a little beating up one, oneself. So yeah, we were chatting about this and, um, you know, our point of view is that there can be both uh, almost positive lessons that come out of envy, um, and at the same time, envy can be a kind of negative thing that just needs to be managed, almost like an infection, that in certain aspects, it's not positive. Totally. So let's kind of explore that. And let's first, by talking about terms, you know, so envy is when you want something that somebody else has. And you said we envy success and success can be defined as many different things. It could be stock options as a startup. It could be a title. It could be a hot boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. could be a new house. could be uh, a role that's seen as more influential. Uh, it could be fame, prestige. It could be kids. It could be having certain kinds of kids. Yeah. Uh, it can really be anything. I had a super embarrassing moment the other night. Embarrassing only to myself because no one was there to observe it. But I was meeting some friends for dinner at a quite nice San Francisco place, of which there are many yeah. here. And I got there early, so I was just walking around. And across the street was an even nicer restaurant. <laughs> I could tell by the liveried personnel in front and the starched linen tablecloths. And I saw this group of four and this man wearing a tie was inspecting a wine list. And part of me just went to, oh, 
that's some venture capital or tech guy, and he's kind of a jerk, like pretending he knows about wine. Mm. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> God, <laughs> where, where, <laughs> where the hell did that come from? Right. And I'm like, whoa. And I, you know, managed to get out of that. But I think that that's how envy can just sneak up everywhere in yeah. sort of unattractive ways. All right, let's get into it. So we we start off by saying that sometimes envy might be actually a constructive thing. So how, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So I think if we're looking at envy as uh, this point you hit in the road, it's a signal. You feel something. It's a signal. And then there are these choices. There's this productive one, and then there's this, this less but, productive. But tell me more. How can something that feels so gross be like a signal? Well, this is sort of approach I often think about all my emotions with is that they're, they're sources of data. All emotions, whether it's uh, things on the positive side of the spectrum or more negative, and, and envy for me and most of us sits more on the negative side. Um, it's a way uh, I'm having an experience, and it's revealing something to me, usually about uh, how I'm thinking either consciously or subconsciously about a situation, um, how I'm, how I, uh, the story I'm telling about that thing or that person. So you, you actually had, a, I think, a specific... I did, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Via your Google news Right, feed. yeah, so sometimes, you know, sometimes envy arises when you, you peer through the, the window of a restaurant. Other times, <laughs> it shows up uh, via, you know, a Google push notification on your phone. I was, was telling you earlier, I was a classmate at Stanford with Evan Spiegel, the, one of the co-founders of the infamous Snapchat app. <laughs> and just, a, you and know. by the way, I don't. I still don't know what that does other than I think you can make little dog faces of your photos. You can make dog faces. You can actually puke ping pong balls. That's one of the newest additions to it. It's, uh, it's really world changing. Let me tell you. <laughs> it's so important. It's so important. And it's for the children. It is. Really it is for so the children. children yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll show you all about how to save the world with Snapchat uh, after the, after the show here. Uh, so I get this push notification and it says Evan Spiegel, CEO of Snapchat in, gets engaged to Miranda Kerr. Turns out Miranda Kerr is a Victoria's Secret model. And, <laughs> you know, the byline, Snapchat founder worth, you know, billions of dollars is now engaged to, you know, world-class beauty. And try as I might to just let that roll off my shoulders, I certainly had this moment. So your reaction pain. wasn't, oh, he's worked so hard. I'm glad that he has this gorgeous wife who may be really intelligent too. Who knows? <laughs> Time will tell. So you did not feel that. <laughs> Time will tell. That was, uh, no, that was not my reaction. I think it was, you know, funny enough because I think it hit in a slightly more envious way beyond just, you know, a gorgeous fiancé was there was part of me back when I was an undergrad who was considering going the tech entrepreneur route. I have certain, I had at the time certain values and interests that were in line with going and creating a scalable technology app or, or solution. And you're, you know, you're a young guy, and so you were actually at Stanford at the time when a lot of these billion-dollar yeah. ideas were being birthed, and absolutely, you may yeah. have been in the same dorm and doing the same things, and yet, you know, I respect you, but I didn't get a Google feed about you today, yeah. but I'll, I'll try to make one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do. I'll give you a Google feed, but... But the fact is that you're not part of a larger Google feed, at least not today. That's right. That's right. No, so absolutely. I was there at the same time Evan was, and, and it was just a moment that sort of put in stark relief uh, the difference between where his life has gone and what, what I'm up to. And uh, it's not something I suffer around on a regular basis, but certainly in that moment, feeling a little, a little pang of envy was, was something that and so showed up there. What, but you said that this could be data. So like, how is this constructive data for you? 
so yeah, it, it absolutely is data. I feel envious. And then I, I, where I try to go and when I'm in my better self is to understanding where that's coming from. And so for me in this instance, I think it was about realizing some of those values I had around, um, I think at the time, this idea of impact at scale was what was one of the things that drew me to entrepreneurship and, and creating something that, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people used. Um, and I think it was just the process of reconnecting to, oh, there had been this interest I had had to make this sort of mark on the world at one point. Um, I made a very conscious choice shortly thereafter to go into the coaching field, which I continue to be in now, which for me, it looked more like a trade-off of depth for, for breadth or over breadth. But having little echoes of what that past interest yeah, yeah, and value yeah. the, was. The past self or the past yeah. potential self. Yeah. Because you are an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, you know, in coaching, I wouldn't say we're exactly in the ultra big leagues of high net worth, but, you know, you can do okay, but it, it's, it's a different type of thing. It is right? a different type of thing. And so there's a part of recognizing the dissonance, like uh -huh. what you didn't develop that was important to you, but at the same time, reminding yourself of what was important. So yeah. I, I kind of had the same experience before because when I get envy, there's a kind of twinge. It's like a, ugh. And sometimes that feeling lasts and sometimes it dissipates pretty quickly. So among my various careers, I was once a, a lawyer at a pretty no, known firm called Davis Polk and you know, it was fine, but I left because it just wasn't my path. And I recently was talking to somebody um, whose husband was in my class and stayed there and now is a very prominent position and is quite well off and respected. Um, and I felt this momentary, mm, mm -hmm. why not me? And then I thought, well, but actually I wouldn't have wanted to spend the 10 years to become partner if I could have. And I also wouldn't have wanted to spend 15 more years just doing the work because that wasn't the work that I, yeah. I vibed on. And... And I just process. I'm like, okay, I got it. Like, yeah. On the other hand, there are other types of envy where where it lasts. It's something that kind of um, grabs onto you. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I think um, this podcast is is a result of that in some ways. So I have a very good friend, Gretchen Rubin, who I've known for many years, um, also a former lawyer, who is a well-known happiness writer, and she has a podcast that I love. And I was kind of around when she was thinking about doing it, and it was very speculative, and then she did it, and then I'm listening to it, and I'm both really enjoying it, and kind of thinking, hey, what about me? Huh. You know, where's Maya? And, and I think what it, um, when I dug into it, is there's really something about uh, this type of expressiveness and sharing ideas and connecting with people that is important to me. Yeah. And so I started thinking about, all right, what can I do to make more of that in my life. And then, you know, after I, this Throwing didn't happen instantly. <laughs> it took a number of Michael, months. Michael, let's it, do this. Yeah, it took a number of months before we said, like, let's do this, other yeah. Michael. Um, right. But here we are. And and I think this is actually a very specific practice that you can use. So Julia, Julia Cameron uh, is an author and teacher on creativity who wrote this book called uh, The Artist's Way, which is one of my favorite books ever. And she talks about this a lot. And she says envy is a powerful tool. Like, mm. don't ignore it. Mm. Don't fall into it, but but sort of think about it. And so what she says is, when you're feeling envious, first of all, write it down. Where do you see it? Okay, um, I'm envious because this person got into a PhD program. I'm envious because this person looks great and lost 40 pounds. I'm envious because this person just went to um, on a surfing vacation to Costa Rica. Right. Tan as hell. 
tan as hell. <laughs> yeah. um, possibly facing long-term melanoma, but the meanwhile looks pretty good. <laughs> Not envious of that. So she says, write those down, and then think about what is it that I like about that? What yeah. draws me? Yeah. It may be the whole thing. It may be one aspect of it. And then write down two or three specific steps you could take toward getting there. Very baby steps. So yeah. if it's something creative, maybe it's writing a letter to the editor. If it's going to Costa Rica surfing, maybe it's doing some research on surf spots or going to the gym or going swimming one day. But the idea is that you can use this as a constructive guide for values that are important to you. Like you're feeling it because something there is something true there. And it's a, it's a, it's, it starts out ugly, but there is some real gem of knowledge inside there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that when you were asking a, a few moments ago, like what is that productive path from envy look like? I think that's, that's exactly it. It brings up for me this saying my dad shared with me a couple of years ago um, through some of the work he's done in, in AA and in the recovery community up in the Northwest. He once told me, you know, Michael, for me, I've realized that separation is the cause of all suffering. What does that mean? That's what I asked him. I said, <laughs> yo, <laughs> this sounds deep, but what, what, what does this mean, Pops? And, and as you were just describing this uh, exercise that she recommends, uh, it seems so applicable because for me, what it means is anytime I feel uh, separate from, whether I'm separated from a loved one by thousands of miles and literally quite separate from, or I see something in somebody else, the weight they just lost, the sexy tan they just got from a trip, the promotion they just got. I feel where I, where I am is got a big gap between where, where they are, that thing is. I, and I, and I internalize that as a big gap. I suffer because of it. And it sounds like you suffer because you start, your reality becomes the gap as opposed to who you actually are right now. I, th I think you're exactly right. It's the emphasis gets put on the, the gap and what's lacking or what's missing or not enough rather than uh, what is enough and where I am currently. So, yeah, well, there's this idea in Buddhist thought that's called the comparing mind. Yeah. So the comparing mind is that part within us that is always comparing what we have to somebody else. It may be they're better than us, they're worse than us, um, but somehow we're not just staying with our own experience. And it te Buddhism teaches that we will always have this. You're never going to get rid of it, but what we could do is spot it in action yeah. so that you're not tripped up by it, so you don't take it too seriously. It's more like, okay, there I go again, or I'm right. comparing mind. Right. Um, I see I'm getting envious. Hmm, maybe I can step away from that. Totally. So, so I think that when we think about... Um, how we want to grow and be happier, part of it may be deconstructing some of these moments and figuring out what we can do. But part of it is just saying, oh, I'm having an envious moment. Yeah. And it's happening to me, but I don't have to own, I don't have to live with it. I can, I don't have to be defined by it. Part of it is just noticing, wow, I'm having a moment of envy. I can see myself being envious. I name it. And I don't have to be controlled by it or owned by it. I can just let it float yeah. away and get back to the life that I'm living. Yeah. As opposed to somehow being persuaded that because I feel this, I must do something or there's some right. truth there. Right. Well, I, I think I'm hearing both of these as ways to feel less separate. The first you know, exercise you gave is maybe there's some truth here that really resonates with, with a value I hold or an attribute that I do want to incorporate more into my life. So I'm going to take a step or make a commitment to myself to go get more of that and close this sense of separateness. 
therefore suffer less. The other that you just talked through, I think, is this idea of can I just name it? And oftentimes what I've certainly found is when I can just name, oh, this is an envious moment. Sometimes I even give it another voice rather than say, um, I'm feeling envy. I might just say, oh, there's the snark. Oh, hi, snark. Yeah, or there's, you know, <laughs> Adam Envy or whatever you, silly name you want to give to it to sort of dissociate from it. And once you label that thought pattern, it also lets it sort of float away and the, and the separateness becomes less ingrained and you're sort of able to return to where you are a bit more. And, and suffering goes down that way as, as well. So I have one personal story that illustrates a lot of what we were talking about. Let's hear um, it. For many years, uh, I was very judgmental of people with children, which is somewhat limiting because many people in the world have children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and leaves would, uh, a smaller petri dish of folks. It does. And um, yeah, I, would, I, would, I would make judgments. I would think okay, that person doesn't seem like a very good parent or why do they need three kids? Haven't they heard of overpopulation? Or right. <laughs> or once somebody said, oh, we have a boy, now we want to have a girl. And I thought, that's gross. Like, you can't just order children. And I was very high and mighty. And it took me a long time to realize that a lot of what was driving that was a sense of envy because I'd always wanted to have kids. But growing up as a gay person of the era that I grew up, it was by no means a clear possibility and I wasn't sure how to do it. And long story short, I'm now a dad. Um, I have 17 month old twins. They were born through a process of in vitro fertilization and surrogacy. And when I finally moved on this, I discovered that a lot of that judgment went away because I felt they had something I didn't have or couldn't have. Mm. And I had to really dig in and figure out, okay, what's holding me back. And I think on some level I was, I was waiting for somebody to give me permission or to persuade me sure. to do this. Well, it, 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 almost, it almost seems like I could imagine in that moment or those series of moments, not only feeling a separateness, coming back to this Papa wisdom here, but almost a permanence to that separateness it was, at it was, the time. Like, I, this will yes, never be an option yes. for Is me. Is this my destiny that yeah. I can't we'll be a be dad, so yeah. I'm resentful of people who do? But there was also, in a way, a, a lack of agency. Like, on some level, I didn't seem to feel I could do anything about it mm. and that other people had to help me along. And I think this brings us back to the first practice we were talking about, that, okay, don't get overwhelmed by the feeling. Just identify what it is that you're yearning for yeah, and then think of small baby steps. So even IVF and surrogacy, are incre- they're incredibly complex and costly processes but they do come down to about 200 different small steps. And if you just take the small steps and stay at it, you will get to your goal. Yeah. No one needs to guide you. No one needs to give you permission. No one needs to solve the problem for you. Like I was able to do it my, myself. Yeah. And it kind of captures both of what we were, we were saying, that, that there was some data there that I wasn't quite picking up. And also I was, I was focusing on the gap as opposed to what was really important to me and how to get there. All right, so we cracked open Envy. It and- is laid <laughs> flat, all secrets laid bare. Yeah, so what is uh, something that our listeners can do this week to help them move forward? So what I have in mind is a 10-minute exercise. Grab your phone, set 10-minute timer, and just write out the answers to a handful of questions. First question is, what is your job? Second question is, what do you spend your time doing in that job or role? Third question to write out answers to. What is the impact you have through that role? And the fourth question is, try to highlight 
a moment or two over the last couple of months where you have felt really alive doing what you do or like what you were doing mattered to somebody else and made a difference for them. Go through those few questions, note your responses, and just see if you can't track how you feel at the beginning of that exercise versus at the end of the exercise. That's an interesting exercise because uh, it almost seems like it has nothing to do with envy, but in fact it does because it's dealing with how do we view ourselves before we get into a position where we're comparing ourselves to other people. Absolutely, and I'll, let me riff on that for a few seconds because I think that has been a huge part of my journey with envy. Um, in particular, I notice myself feeling envious a lot less often in a career sense or otherwise um, the last number of years in, in my life, and I think part of it has been just growing into a greater sense of comfort and acceptance uh, and sense of um, worthiness or enoughness just in who I am so I, uh, I'm able to see my own value and appreciate my own value just more readily. And therefore, I don't have, even though I, there are people, I get, you know, there are great, talented people in the world around me who are doing things different than I am. I don't yearn for or suffer around whatever the gap is between me and them because I feel kind of like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And uh, I can appreciate the value I do bring. So... Your highlight there, I think, is a really important and nuanced point, at least for me in my journey with envy, um, being able to really see and appreciate myself for where I am and what I, what I contribute. Thanks for listening to Meanwhile, Episode 2. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation about envy and walked away with something you can try out in your own life. Until next time.